The site of Joshua's altar, the ruins of that uh, historic site, both biblically and historically important site, is under threat. Welcome to a special edition of 5 in 10 from Skywatch TV. Joining us today is a gentleman who's made it possible for Sharon and me to actually see Israel with our own eyes and has taken us to this location, which is why we think it's important to bring this uh, breaking news really to you. Uh, He is the CEO of Lipkin Tours and the producer and host of the Hidden Israel DVD series. We welcome Aaron Lipkin to the program. Shalom, shalom, an honor to be with you and uh, uh, would love to share uh, what's going on here in Israel. This was really startling, especially considering just a couple of years ago, we talked about the destruction of the footprint-shaped enclosure, or at least the beginnings of it. It was dismantled, but or at least partially dismantled, but it was stopped before the, uh, the, the border around the site of Joshua's altar could be completely dismantled. But the purpose of this uh, uh, was, to, was to crush up the rocks around the site to create a, a road. Uh, so I would have thought after that... Um, wake-up call the netanyahu administration the israeli government in general would pay attention to this site and uh, try to protect it uh, what is going on there now on that site well i you know we we discovered this uh accidentally two weeks ago uh, the jewish people read deuteronomy 27 in synagogues uh, as part of the weekly uh reading uh, on, on on in synagogue and uh, and I decided that week to go with my father, Avi Lipkin, who many, many of our viewers know. And uh, we wanted to take a Torah scroll and read Deuteronomy 27 at the site that that it's talking about. And then after my father finished reading, you know, I read uh, Joshua 8, uh, which is the implementation of the building of the altar on Mount Eval. And as we approached the site... I suddenly see this white road that I haven't seen before uh, adjacent to the footprint clo- enclosure. Uh, now I'm, I'm there almost on a weekly basis, and so when I see this, I immediately notice the difference. We took a video of this, and I sent it to the authorities, and uh, they, the next day they stopped a Palestinian bulldozer that was uh, continuing the construction uh, as part of plans to build a village on top of Joshua's altar compound. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we accidentally found it and prevented it that week. And, you know, you, you mentioned the earlier attempts uh, of, of uh, destruction at the, at the site, and I want to differentiate between those attempts and the one we just uh, encountered, because... In the past, I've seen graffiti, uh, Arabic graffiti on the altar. I've seen um, tires that were burned inside the altar by Palestinians. Uh, This is, you know, accidental vandalism by probably young people. Um, The case with the uh, construction worker that took stones from the uh, wall, the compound, to make rubble for the nearby road, uh, is also uh, could be claimed as accidental because that constructor didn't know uh, that that wall was part of the archaeological compound. Ah. Um, in this case, we're talking about something else. We're talking about an intentional plan by the Palestinian Authority to totally destroy the compound, to prevent 
uh, Christian and Jewish tourists from visiting one of the most important biblical sites in the land of Israel. And this is intentional. This is, you cannot claim that it's accidental. Uh, and not only is it intentional, it's, it's organized by the Palestinian Authority. It's organized by the municipality of the nearby village. So um, what, what we have here is a different case, and that's why Israel uh, decided to deal with this differently than the last cases. So essentially, the Palestinian village, with the, presumably with the permission of the Palestinian Authority, was in the process of building a housing development, or what we in the U.S. might call a subdivision, right there on the ruins, the site of the ruins of Joshua's altar. Exactly, and and we have to understand. It's like suddenly, you know, the the uh, the, uh, the it's like San Antonio suddenly decides to build a village over the Alamo. I That's mean, exactly what I was thinking. Exactly yeah, what I was thinking. It's it's ridiculous, and and you know, in the case of the Alamo, you're talking about the site that is, you know, hundreds of years old. Uh, Joshua's altar is three thousand four hundred years old, and is a a biblical site. It's it's a site that was built by the Israelites uh, as the worship site. And there's no reason whatsoever to build on top of it or around it. Uh, quite the opposite. The area should be an archaeological park that is uh, that no one can get access to unless they pay money and 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 go through the uh, you know the merch store uh, to, to see the site. I mean, this is how important the site is. And what we see is a site that is, is, is now being intentionally targeted by the Palestinian Authority. Um, and, and I have to say, it's not just the Palestinian Authority. There are organizations that are pushing the Palestinian Authority as part of a bigger um, uh, uh, initiative to um, erase uh, archaeological sites that um, have potential of proving uh, the connection between the Jewish people and the land of Israel. Uh, the Palestinian Authority just submitted a list of, uh, I believe, 15 archaeological sites in Israel um, uh, to, pr to announce that they are Palestinian heritage sites. Places like Jericho, uh, places like Sebastia, or the capital of the northern Israelite kingdom, uh, and several others. Uh, so this is this is part of a, a a a whole attempt to delete the Bible, to delete any connection uh, that Jews and Christians have to these sites. We in America don't have a real clear understanding. I know, speaking for myself anyway, of how administration is divided in Israel between the government in Jerusalem and the Palestinian Authority. What's the difference between these areas, and how is it possible that the Palestinians can actually start a project like this without the Israeli government knowing about it? The uh, area was um, liberated by Israel in 1967 during the Six-Day War as part of uh, uh, the liberation of Judea and Samaria and uh, East Jerusalem. Jerusalem was united. And Judea and Samaria, and, and by the way, and East Jerusalem was declared part of Israel. Uh, the United Jerusalem is the capital of the state of Israel. 
uh, unlike the rest of the areas of Judea and Samaria, which came under military control of Israel. Israel never um, annexed those areas to the state of Israel. Uh, in the 1990s, Israel decided to sign the Oslo agreements with the PLO and Yasser Arafat, thinking that it would lead to peace um, and quiet. And, uh, well, we all know the history. Mm -hmm. um, things didn't happen the way they were planned. But uh, uh, part of the Oslo agreements was dividing Judea and Samaria, the biblical heartland of Israel, to three different areas. Area A, under full Palestinian control, military and civilian. Area uh, C, which is under full Israeli control, military and civilian. And Area B is this hybrid between military control of Israel and civilian control of the Palestinian Authority. And uh, the area that Joshua's altar was in was purposely, I have to say this is really troubling, purposely um, designated to be in Area B, which means that there is an Israel, full Israeli uh, military control, but the civilian control, the archaeological responsibility over the site belongs to the Palestinian Authority. Um, you know, we, we don't have, uh, I would say, facts to prove it, but from, I would say, talks among uh, people who are activists at Joshua's altar, um, there, there is this knowledge of a certain archaeologist in the Israeli army um, that made sure that the altar will not fall under full Israeli control. They wanted to erase the site from archaeology. They wanted to uh, to prevent Jews. Again, this is an archaeologist, an Israeli Jewish archaeologist in the Israeli army that opposed Adam Zertal, the discoverer of, the, of Joshua's altar, that opposed uh, the the uh, the fact that the altar might prove the veracity of the historicity of the Bible. Um, and and he made sure that the border will exclude the site from full Israeli control. Uh, that means that the site was basically uh, deserted because Israel is not in charge of the site. And on the other on the other hand, the Palestinian Authority doesn't care about it or uh, is not permitted to reach it or take care of it because it's a biblical site. So the the area basically froze for uh, 30, 40 years. And, uh, and now what we're seeing in the last few years is that there, the, there is a change. And I believe that one of the reasons for that change is the recent discovery that we've made of the cursed tablet right. that was found there. The site suddenly surfaced, uh, and it surfaced in a way that no one predicted. Uh, finding a, an ancient Hebrew inscription with the name of the Hebrew God on it proves without any doubt that the site was Israelite. Uh, and obviously this is a thorn in the eyes of the Palestinians. It's a thorn in the eyes of atheists, of left-wing progressive organizations that want to uh, take rip Judea and Samaria from uh, its Jewish connection. And uh, this is this is the reason why we're seeing these these recent attempts to destroy the site. Hmm. 
this is this is stunning to me. As we've discussed before, and as longtime viewers would know, Adam Zertal, the late Israeli archaeologist who was uh, led out of atheism by the evidence that he discovered the facts on the ground, as it were, uh, including discovering the site of Joshua's altar. This found around 1980, so more than 40 years ago, but that predates the Oslo Accords. And then an archaeologist with some influence inside the Israeli army influencing the decision on where to designate the border of Area B and Area C so that Joshua's altar would fall into this sort of no man's land. And uh, now it's becoming a point of contention between, um, well, those who want to see the biblical history preserved and uh, those who would like to see it erased. Uh, Aaron, uh, what can people do? I I know you've set up an online petition. What can people do here in the United States to try to raise awareness of this and protect that site? Um, So... First of all, we have a website uh, or, or URL. It's called alterofjoshua.com. Um, and I highly recommend uh, visiting that portal and uh, clicking on that picture there saying Saving Joshua's Altar. Um, what we're trying to do is the following things. First of all, I'm asking all our viewers to pray uh, for protection over the site. Um, I've been asking this for the past two weeks. And I have to say that it's working. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I was invited to the Israeli parliament, the Knesset. There's going to be a parliamentary committee that's going to be talking about the destruction of Joshua's altar. And it seems like the prayers are helping. Things are moving, and we're hoping to to see major changes. Some of them I can speak about, some I can't. And I will mention them later on. The second thing that I'm asking our viewers to do, aside from praying is to reach out to your senators, to your congressmen, and uh, uh, write, write to them that you heard that biblical sites in, in Israel are in danger uh, by the Palestinians, um, that, that you've heard that, the, that Joshua's altar uh, was damaged and is in danger of being totally destroyed, and that you're asking your senators and congressmen to reach out to, and listen to this, Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu is the key here. He is the one that 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 will be that will be able to change this the 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 site from area B to area C to make it under full Israeli control, both uh, uh, militarily but also civilian and archaeologically. Uh, so to reach out to your senators and your congressmen. Um, if you are a uh, if if you are a pastor. Uh, or a rabbi, uh, please join our petition. The link for that petition is on that website that I said earlier, alterofjoshua.com. And uh, if, you, if you're also able to write directly to Netanyahu and also to the Minister of Defense, Yoav Gallant, uh, their emails are on that website that I just referred to, alterofjoshua.com. Uh, write them in personal emails. Tell them that you are a, a concerned Christian who, uh, who feels very close to Israel, very close to the biblical sites, and you're concerned about what's happening, and you're asking Israel to step up, take control over the site, and declare it a national heritage Hebrew or Jewish site. Uh, this is the only way to solve the problem permanently. Otherwise, um, you know, the, the, the short-term solutions that we have, occasional patrols, um, cameras that will be stationed in different places, 
will not solve the problem. Our viewers need to understand uh, it takes a Palestinian bulldozer to get to the site and destroy it three or four minutes. The, the fastest army patrol that would get there would take at least 15 to 20 minutes to reach the site. So, so cameras, occasional patrols will not suffice. We need, for the, in the short term, we need uh, a physical Israeli presence at the site 24-7. Nothing else will, will prevent destruction. And in the long term, it needs to become a, an archaeological park under full Israeli control. Altarofjoshua.com, the website, to find out more about what's going on with that location and uh, links to how you can um, express your support for the protection of that uh, biblically and historically important location. Coming up, details on how you can get your hands on the, uh, well, <laughs> limited edition Skywatch TV Family Bible with the expanded Apocrypha. And uh, details on this week's program, Are the Nephilim Real? How can we know this from Scripture? Straight ahead on 5 and 10. We want to make sure that you know how you can get your copy of this incredible one-of-a-kind Bible with expanded Apocrypha in the Last Chance Defender Bible Package. Right now, while supplies last, we're offering this giant limited edition Defender Family Bible for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. But if that wasn't enough, we're also including the Defender Publishing's 120 ebook collection absolutely free. Now, this data DVD library collection includes 120 of Defender's all time best selling books featuring authors like Dr. Thomas Horn, Derek Gilbert, Carl Gallup's <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, Sharon Gilbert, Allie Henson, Donna Howell, Terry James, the late great Michael Heiser and so many more, too many to number, this DVD library also includes the limited edition Defender Bible with expanded Apocrypha, and all of these books in this collection come in popular ebook formats so you can read them on EPUB, PDF, Kindle, and other handheld electronic devices. It's devices of your choosing wherever you go, including the Bible that we're talking about today. These items hold a retail value of $1,400. If you had to buy all of these ebooks separately, yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. So don't delay. You can scan the QR code on your screen right now using the camera app on your phone for instant access to this special offer. You can also visit us at skywatchtvstore.com or call 1-844-750-4985 and ask for the last chance Defender Bible package right now. This would make a really, really amazing Christmas gift to you for all of the people in your life that love to do research or your pastor. So buy it now and save it and give it to them for Christmas. Oh, that's a great, yeah, idea. That's a great idea. Just stash it somewhere. Yeah. Tom Horn joins Joe Horn and the Skywatch investigative team this week. The broadcast program about the expanded Apocrypha, the Book of First Enoch, and the other pseudepigraphal books that are a part of this uh, special family Defender Bible. What can we learn from First Enoch? Why is it relevant to us? Why did Tom see it 
see fit to include it as part of this special family Bible, this hardcover edition of the Bible, part of the special package, the special offer you just heard about. Our broadcast schedule is posted at skywatchtv.com slash channels. You can watch it right now at Roku or Apple TV, or of course you can find it online, uh, skywatchtv.com. All of this all of the video content from Skywatch TV is always at the website. You can also find it at YouTube, the YouTube channel for the main program, Skywatch TV Now, rumble.com slash Skywatch TV, all the video content from Skywatch TV there as well. But the best thing to do is get the free Skywatch TV app for your smartphone or tablet. Why? Because it bypasses the gatekeepers of big tech. All of the content is hosted by the Christian company that's developed the app for us and many of our friends in ministry. So uh, we will not be canceled from our app. The app is available for iOS, Android, and Amazon Kindle Fire phones and tablets. And you'll find links to the app stores for the device that uh, you have at skywatchtv.com. The link is in the top menu bar. Thank you for watching as we keep watch. I'm Derek Gilbert. This is 5 and 10 from Skywatch TV.